0: Welcome to the ColbyCast, episode 35. Glad you could join us. In today's conversation, Hope and Bonnie are joined by our first international guest, Corolla, who lives in Spain. Corolla describes the ins and outs of navigating Colby Academy from abroad and the creativity that is born during times of challenge. A natural born teacher and an enthusiastic learner, Corolla is an example of creating an atmosphere of opportunity for the entire family. We are proud to have her at Colby, and we are proud to have her as a guest on our show. Enjoy.
1: Hi there, I'm Bonnie, Colby homeschooling mom, liturgical musician, podcast fanatic, heavy library user, and Colby parent ambassador. I have two lads and two lasses. The youngest is in fifth grade, the eldest is in 10th, and this is our fourth year homeschooling with Colby.
2: And I'm Hope, Bonnie's younger sister and a Colby alumna in a phase of life after being a student, but before becoming a parent. I studied communication theory and philosophy in college, then I went to law school. Now I'm an attorney, an avid home cook, and the fun aunt, Bonnie's Kids.
1: Welcome, Carilla to the Colby Cast. Thanks so much for coming to visit with us. Thank you, Bonnie. It's an honor to be here with you today. You're our first international guest. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and homeschooling in Spain?
0: We are one of those families that fell into homeschooling due to COVID. It's always been on my bucket list. So it's one of the things I always wanted to do, but just didn't have the power or strength to do it. So I, we were just forced into it. And thank God we had many friends in the States who are also traditional Catholics and gave us really good advice and pushed us into um, towards Colby. So the way we found out is just through friends. And um, we have four kids from one Three, six, and eleven. Husband is Spanish. I am Mexican, but studied in the, U- in the U.S. I went. Um, I did all my undergrad at Princeton University. And um, my own experience with homeschool was that the brightest kids were homeschooled. <laughs> so um, I kind of had that in the back of my of my head. Well, yeah, we started homeschooling, and it is every day a new experience, a new learning. So yeah, that's how we got here. Has it been what you expected? Oh, it has been exactly what we expected and much more because I thought I was homeschooling to teach my kids, but it ends up that I'm homeschooling to teach myself as well. Just my neurons started working again. And I've been reading, I think, over the last 12 years that I've been either pregnant or with a kid. I think I might have read 12 books, one per year. And now in the semester, I think I've already read six or seven of them, if, if I don't count the lower ones, the, the kindergarten, first grade, second grade ones. So it's been so much, such a wonderful experience. I really hope we don't have to go back to normal school. My kids are also enjoying the experience. So I hope that we will be able to continue.
2: Our mom used to talk about enjoying reading my books along with me. So that was always one thing that she mentioned as a benefit of homeschooling.
1: Yes, for sure. So your oldest is 11. Are you doing all homeschool courses? Or are you doing any of the online or self-paced?
0: I'm doing all homeschool for now. I will definitely go into some online courses whenever I hit high school because I just cannot get myself to open a science book and be thrilled. Even right now, I'm struggling with science. So whenever we get to those <laughs> chemistries and high bios, I'm going for either self-paced or online or something. Um, mathematics and other subjects I might be able to tackle, but um, yeah, it's been homeschool so far. I, I think we will want to do some online class in a couple of years because my daughter does miss, I guess, having other students, or the peers, And the fact that she can be in a class and talk to other people and in a way relate to them. So I think for this purpose, we will probably visit it in eighth grade or so on that she can start meeting other people online.
1: I think that sounds like a good strategy. When we started Colby, our oldest did a couple of classes online, including the homeroom class, and has built a little bit each year from there. And it helped Mm -hmm. to have those classes available, certainly in the areas that I felt not nearly as as confident, such a great resource to really play into the parents' strengths and w- work with the parents to decide what what array of options to make use of individually. So getting, you learned about Colby from your friends in the States. Are they current Colby families now or had they been, had they just heard of it or how'd that work?
0: They are, yes. They have four kids as well. So we have, we shuffle kids within different um, age groups. They do more a uh, hybrid I guess I mean they do take some courses in other places but when we got to know Colby and its curriculum I just decided we were going to stay close as close as we could to it because I don't want to be shopping around and organizing and dealing with weighing different curriculums so I just got my books and those books will be used by all four kids so um, I'm not going anywhere anywhere else we already bought all the books for next year we have even, I think, I got all the phonics and all the Catholic readers for all elementary, just because, because, I mean, we are bilingual, but I had heard that Colby was really hard in the language arts. So I wasn't sure exactly at what level I was gonna place my kids. So I got third grade, fourth grade, fifth, fifth grade, sixth grade. And it turns out we are doing sixth grade, but in case, I, you know, I always wanna have a backup plan. So I have all my books there and and it's, it's, it's just been nice to see what direction we're taking my first grader now, what books he'll be reading next year. So the fact that everyone, everything is so organized definitely helps me to plan some years ahead.
1: I'm right there with you with sticking with Colby that it simplifies so many things we've talked before, especially for new families getting started. One of Colby's many strengths is this cohesiveness that makes it It really smooths the way for the families to make the transition to homeschool and not have to be figuring out piecemeal. What am I going to do for this subject? Or what are we going to do for that one? And planning ahead, I love it. One of the things I find very interesting with our online communities we have within Colby, the, the groups that we participate in is seeing where the families come from around the world and how many of them who live outside of the United States plan pretty far in advance. They take advantage of opportunities to buy their books well in advance or to make other plans too
2: how does it work with international
0: shipping with the books? That would be a big pain in the neck if it wouldn't be for Nancy and the bookstore people, because we have a 30% tariff on all imports. So if you put 30% more to curriculum, then we're basically (laughs) hurting there. So she helps us with bringing secondhand books. So if they're secondhand, they don't get as highly tariffed and so on. So that has been a great help. The first time we bought things, I shipped everything to my friend. And we just got this big box. I think it was been like 70 pounds or 80 pounds or more. And she sent it to us. That was really expensive. We had to do a FedEx. And it was complicated. So second shipment, we decided to stick to Colby. And Nancy did her little magic. And here we have our books, well in advance. Then we took also the promotion, the November promotion, where... Shipping within the U.S. is not um, is not charged, so we got some extra little reading books, and I shipped it to my sister who lives in state. So you have to be more creative, I guess, if you're living internationally, because each country has its own way of working. But if you work in advance and you find that that wave, that momentum, it, it's easy. It's 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 all right, and then you have everything on the shelves. So then it makes it easier to know if you're going to go in one direction and the other one, if you want to self pace a little bit more. For example, I bought a book for next year, but I think I'm going to have her do it over the summer just because I would like my sixth grader to have less course load next year. So I have it there. So it's calling us. And over summer, we have six weeks or eight weeks to just do that course. And then um, that's what I love about homeschooling, that you can just pace yourself and open doors whenever you need to open them
2: that flexibility is wonderful. And I know from the student's perspective, when my mom would say, we're going to work on something over the summer, at first I was skeptical of it, but then I, I grew to really like it with having, like you mentioned, the sometimes a lowered course load later in the year or even the ability to take breaks at kind of random times in the calendar or um, also to kind of avoid that, switch from complete summer mode to complete focus mode. We found it was easier to kind of do a workbook or two over the summer, and then it wasn't such a transition to get back in the fall. It, it's a pretty stout load when we stack them all up, and that's good, and, and it's also,
1: especially in times of transition, it, it can add to the sense of overwhelm, but if we can kind of space it out a little bit, adjust the pacing a bit, like you're saying, that's one of the great benefits of homeschooling, and when our children were in brick-and-mortar school, I can remember the few weeks or a month or so even leading up to the beginning of the school year and the end of the school year being both those times just being so crazy. Just people just antsy for one reason or another with either boredom or just that sense of I want school to be over. So and I would think every time like, why do we do it this way? Why can't we space it out more? And that's we have that opportunity with with homeschooling. And it sounds like you've taken to
0: homeschooling just you've just taken it right up. Thank you. I just feel I was meant to homeschool my whole life. I mean, I've always been a kind of a teacher. I've taught, I started teaching my teddy bears and my bunnies and everyone. And then I kept on teaching and in Mexico, we have a lot of help. So I would have all, all the maids and drivers and everyone and they will be my, they, they were my students. And um, then I grew up a little bit more and I started teaching German to other people. Whoever wants to learn anything, I just go there and I, I'm just always teaching in a way. And now just teaching your own kids, it's, it's, it's humbling because um, it makes you grow in virtue a lot. and You realize you can see it. You can see them. You can see really God's hand uh, a lot better. So that's made it really nice. And I think that anyone who is or, organized, any mother is organized. I mean, we might have a disorder everywhere, but our goals are there. So just the fact that I can have that, that 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 power makes a whole difference. We we used to go to the German school. My kids used to go to the German school here in in um in Spain and what really just drove me crazy is that they would never finish books. They would always reach 70%, maybe 60, 80%. That's why just cutting the string was a delight. My husband was terrified of course at the beginning because of well, COVID and everything. But I just knew that those books had to be on my side and not on theirs.
1: I love it. You the opportunity, this this reckoning that has happened with COVID. There's been opportunities for growth, this being a prime example of that, and you really capitalized on it. That's fantastic. So what does a typical school day look like at your house?
0: It starts whenever they all wake up. I don't push it. So whenever I wake up and I do my thing and coffee with my husband, we keep it nice and quiet. So whenever they start waking up... Um, we have breakfast, we well they get ready. We start with our little morning prayer. I bought my the Colby um, prayer book because of course we pray in Spanish. So I just wanted to get them into English from like the very beginning of the day. So we we say our, our prayers and then the two older ones are homeschooled. The other two are just destroying everything they can find around their um <laughs> their paths. So um, they all have their lesson plans and they follow. They know what they have to do one by one. The second one's a boy. He's in first grade and he just needs to have mommy next to him. So I'm basically sitting next to him all the time. Um, the other ones, the my, my two-year-old now just turned three. She sits next to me and she wants to learn. So she brings coloring books. She brings what she wants to learn and she's, she's on my other side. And And it's been amazing how much she has caught up to the first grader just because he's he's there and she she has me there. The little baby doesn't mind. So um, she's one and a half almost. So she's the one who does all the piano and all the racket. But we have fun. It's like our little recess just seeing what she does.
2: How does your 11 year old handle the piano concerts and (laughs) things like that?
0: Well, thank God she is my little bookworm. So I'm not, if the boy would be the first one, the girl the second one, I would be in trouble. But she just reads and reads and she just loves learning. So, um, I mean, she can get a little bit distracted sometimes, but she gets her books and she just has a way to to continue. And um, at the very beginning, I wouldn't help her that much because I just thought it was more on automatic. She had, I mean, lesson plans and she just kept on reading and learning. But I realize that she does need some more time, some more mommy as well. So now I try. I, now that my first grade is a little bit more independent, I do get up and I go see what she's doing, especially when it's mathematics. I didn't buy the teacher's version of Singapore math for sixth grade, and that changed really quickly. So I got Nancy to ship it to Express to Spain. So that way, whenever she's doing mathematics, which is a little bit her Achilles heel, I can be with her and I'll have the answers right there. I don't have to be doing all those equations and things that i love i've always loved math but i just need to have the answer right there so and the other day she asked me mom this next term i would like you to do geography with me as well and i mean that's usually the easiest one of the easiest subjects but but she wants me to be there just to explain so it's i've realized that she needs more time and well thank god she gave me six months or well four months to adapt now my first grader can do things more a little bit more independently and I can move over to her side to see how she's advancing so she can also show me. I think sometimes she wants to just say, you know, have me say good job and have that little pat on the back. So that's what moms always like to do.
1: Oh yes, everybody needs that. So much of the first year is figuring out how do we even do this? How does everybody work? What do we, how can we balance the time? What's the workload? How do we divide it so that I can help you with this subject and you with the subject and you do this while I'm working with someone else. It's a continual process. So I still do that now, but it's certainly so much of that first year. And then I'm so glad to hear that it has gone so well overall. How have you found it to impact your family life in terms of people getting along with each other how do your, do your kids seem to um, get along better or worse or
0: the same, or have you seen it impact their relationships in that way? Everything in a positive way. It's amazing because now over lunch, we work in the morning. So we have about four hours working time. My first grader usually does all his work in two. He can do it in two hours, but sometimes and many times he takes four hours just because he's just Mm -hmm. counting. Instead of little numbers, he's counting flies on the wall or something. So he can (laughs) take four hours. With my um, eldest one, it takes four hours. And then in the afternoon, she does a little bit more work usually the easier subjects. So over lunch, we have a good break. And that's when we talk about what she read in history. And she just brings up all these subjects that have kind of marked her day. And because I've read everything in advance, I can lead her a little bit. I can guide the discussion. Because my husband, well, we, we work in the same house. Our office and all the, our employees go, like, Our basement is basically a, it's a little startup. So he comes up and he comes into the Narnian world and we tell, we make him um, aware of all the things we've been learning. And, and he loves that. It's just brought to have our lunch much more edifying.
2: I love that with everybody. Like, it sounds like you each have your own space where you work and then you're close enough together that you can gather and, um, and share in what you've been working on and having that like individual and family time is it's unique and beautiful.
0: I thought at some point it would be difficult for me to keep that distance between mother and teacher, but it just has been so natural. I mean, I do tend to lose patience with my first grader because he's a boy and he's really active and well, boys are boys. So that has made me grow a lot more in patience and all, but the mother relationship is still there. So I'm like the teacher in the morning and then the mother, the rest of the day. And with my daughter, she was at, at that level in her primary school or elementary school where she had her good friends. She was happy, but she started to feel that peer pressure on her back. And we are really unique in that, at least in the German school. There aren't many Catholic people and she would always wear skirts to school. And there, there's a while where she was ready to switch. She was ready to say goodbye to that world and go more into learning and more into church life. I guess also another thing that has impacted our our life is that because we're homeschooled and there are no co-ops in Spain. Well, if there are some co-ops, they're all hippies and just people that are unschooling and things like that. So we're not part of those. Um, So we have done Friday, Saturday and Sunday we've increased our social life. So we basically have friends from church. We always have something happening on the weekends. And that I think has also been something that has made our family flourish because we get to host more people and we're much more active in the community since we started homeschooling. It's
1: neat to hear how you how your family is flourishing. When we made the transition, to homeschooling i we had been commuting to our parochial school quite a lot we had quite a lot of driving time involved in participating in that school so the the time we got back from not driving and the slower morning as you were describing those made such a huge immediate difference in our family life and it's not to say it's easy going now it's far far less harried in the morning so that's one of the things i'm grateful for i've heard you mention your business a few times so Tell us about that and your your other obligations that you have. How you make all those
0: work with homeschooling? Um, well, we have a business. We when we got to Spain ten years, twelve years ago, we started a little business. It's uh, software development. Well, we have our own developments, but we also resell um, big products from different countries. Uh, we work mainly with schools. We have over 160 clients around the world and we sell a school management system just like PowerSchool. <laughs> um, so it's been interesting having PowerSchool wow. on the other end because I get to see the parents experience from a PowerSchool perspective. And well, the way we work is my husband puts in all the hours. He he gets a mammoth and <laughs> I'm the one in charge of just two hours of PR. That's the max I can get. I'm in charge of sales and opening new markets and things like that. So at the very beginning of homeschool, I got the Kobe, um how do you call it, the time each student has to pass, spend um, working. So I was, oh, my first grade is just one hour and a half. Great, so then I can work after that. No, that didn't really happen. So I don't get my full four hours of work. I think I get two during the baby's naps, and that's if I'm good to go. So I just, I just try to be really efficient. And if I don't reach my goals, those aren't really my goals. My goals are educating my kids. So um, I'll just leave it slip. And my husband will always take over what I cannot do. So yeah, that's a little bit how we tackle all this. I used to travel a lot as well, because I'm well in sales and yeah representing the company. So Every month or so, I would go for three or four days. And that's another thing that COVID has helped us with. I don't have to travel anymore. Everything is online. So whenever there's a conference, I just do this Teams or Zoom or whatever platform they are using and that's it. But this has just been also an experience to realize that women and men are totally different and that I am so glad to give up all my time working. If I could give it all up, I wouldn't. I would still keep half an hour. (laughs) <laughs> to keep me in the corporate world a little bit, you know, sending some emails and just to see what the environment is out there. I like working with schools. It, it might sound weird, but sometimes it's good to work with schools knowing that you're helping a little bit and thanking God that you're not in there. So every time I meet a client and they, they tell me all about their struggles with restrictions and with all these things that schools have to face, and are really suffering, suffering so much in their budget and their education, everything. I just give thanks to God that my kids are on my, on my hand. So yes, we definitely, have, we pray a lot for schools because this is something that's going to revolutionize the next generation. There are kids educated by Zoom and administrators many times and most of time don't know what to do then. And you see the wrong decisions being taken, technology being overtaking teachers and everything. And well, that's, the generation that our kids are going to grow up with. So that has always put us on alert to be careful and to know how we can prep- prepare them to deal with a full generation of um, of internet addicts.
1: Yes, that would be a very unique vantage point you have looking in on how, how the schools are functioning these days, certainly. And, and that's interesting how you can see it from both sides now. It's the back end of the management system, the power school you're referring to, for those unfamiliar, it, it is the sort of where everything is organized by way of record keeping of what courses our students are enrolled in and things like that. For the online school, they have another one to go with that keeps track of all their assignments and where the classes are run from. For, that's that's called Achieve. So that's very
0: interesting. And I have to say, Bonnie, that power school in our industry is one of the best ones. So when we joined Kobe. And I told my husband, "Hey, they use PowerSchool. Go, hey, good. Colby po- went for the best software. So, can you? You would know. <laughs> PowerSchool and Schoology—that's what all international, like the most prestigious international schools around the globe use. So, if you're talking the, about the American School of Dubai, American School, of blah blah blah—they all have PowerSchool and and Schoology, and they're not cheap. Like they're definitely not products that." Um, or can be used by 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 anyone. So just the fact that Colby Academy wants to use strong, even if they're not inexpensive products, because they want to give the best to their students, says a lot about the Academy. So they're not going to be saving um, dollars on something that is required. You know, they get good pipes. So they're getting the good good um, good foundations. That's what I wanted to say.
2: I love the combination of the ancient wisdom and the, immediate technology it's so cool to see like i don't know people talking that homer and using the best software that's out there um really excellence and everything and kind of all going all the way back to the um, jesuit idea and the ignatian idea of care of the whole person like we we do have this digital hygiene realm that i think we talked a little bit about with elizabeth Huxley when she was on one of our episodes about we have our our social or mental or physical or spiritual or emotional and our digital aspect it's that commitment to excellence and everything
1: when they are working out bugs that come up they seem so knowledgeable of the platforms and then when the bugs arise which they do they they work and they don't and they work out and and i've been really impressed with that. So,
2: Carola, going back to when you mentioned your teacher in the morning and mom in the afternoon, what are some of your family's favorite things to do when school is done for the day?
0: Whenever my daughter listens to this, she's going (laughs) to have a whole list of things she loves doing, arts and crafts and um, reading and stitching and uh, just doing or just doing nothing, the art of doing nothing. And but I'm a mom and I'm. I've always been an overachiever, so I don't let them do just nothing. They have their, their nothing time, but um, we spend all our afternoons just chasing around. Um, our, my oldest daughter, she is in the swim team, so she swims six days a week, two hours. So there we kill two hours and you've got to get there and get back. So oh. um, we go to swim club oh. and the little ones go to swim as well. So we're all there in a way. Some is wet at some level and the other one more tired, less tired, but they're all in their swimming engagements because we believe that physical activity and especially um, the challenge of improving yourself can really easily be done via sports. I Think from university. Um, What I I learned much more at the boathouse. I was a rower and I I, I competed with the varsity for many years. And I learned more from those blisters I got rowing and from rowing in the snow and ice and rain and just um, flourishing with my my teammates. I learned more there than I did in any one-on-one class or any um, even precept with some really high-end teachers or professors or Nobel Prize winners. So that's why we wanted to give them the opportunity to go and um, and challenge themselves. Their the gymnasium, you know, the whole Greek way of of working your body. So our our daughter, she thinks it's it's hard, challenging, but she like she's a good computer and and it helps her build character. Um, so that's what we do in the afternoons. Uh, before that, we also play instruments. She is a very um, talented violin student she's been playing violin for like seven years already so she has concerts now and then and her teacher russian teacher is also really <laughs> hard in practice and everything so she cannot have any one day without having half an hour practice more or less our boy is playing the piano so he does his own little um practice time with daddy daddy teaches him and the little ones well they have their own little concert so we do have Some downtime, but I think they might have a maximum of one hour to three hours of downtime, um, depending on how fast they work. And then the rest is up and running and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I do enjoy it because they have an organized day. If they had only school, they would lose a lot of time. So just having knowing that we don't have an afternoon makes them work efficiently and then enjoy much more of the time that they have between events I
2: once heard something called Parkinson's law which is that work expands to fill the amount of time given it and I think that that is I remembered it because it reflected what I've experienced of if I have the whole day for something it'll probably take a take the whole day but if I have something in the afternoon I'm a lot more focused in the morning so I love hearing that your kids are already learning that and also how international they are. You mentioned Russian, German, Mexican, Spanish. What enrichment to have all of the different cultures with the perspective of the Latin Mess and the Colby Foundation and everything like that uh, sounds like a beautiful foundation.
0: And we try to highlight as much as we can, because I, I love the Colby curriculum, but we st- we have to adapt it. Because I don't want them to be little Spaniards who don't know about their history and don't speak Spanish properly. So we have found not the equivalent that doesn't exist, but um, some old books that um, Spaniards used to study before. So one of the courses we're doing is also Spanish and History of Spain and all that. And I also bought German books. So we're still continuing also with the German curriculum. Because for us, um, international and foreign languages are are basic. So they they're totally fluent because they went to German school. So I don't want them to forget this. So that's why we have a lot of books and a lot of uh, we well, we work in in their foreign language skills so they they can continue um, developing in that direction.
2: Wow. So are they trilingual?
0: Yeah, German, is... Spanish. We're getting them into French as well. We're so—that's a wonderful thing cool. of Europe. We're so close. We just get in the car each year. Like for the last six years, we've been going to France to a little Paris school of traditional Latin mass as well, and they just go two weeks to school there, and they ended up learning French just from getting them into school for two weeks. So um, and camps also summer camps sometimes in Switzerland or in France. So they don't write French well. They speak it like I hungry. But they can survive, and they got the the love for for the language. So hopefully someday, whenever we start going to grammar, they already have their ear trained. their phonemes are already in there, the position of their of their tongue what, what, what do I know? but um but yeah, the love of learning new languages is there for sure. If I were to meet
1: you if I didn't know that this was your first year homeschooling, I would be much thinking you're, you've been at this a while and you know just want to do it so you seem to be hitting your stride with homeschooling are there particular things that are habits for you on the homeschool side or things that have not worked like, tried and, and ruled out those things out
0: um the one th- one of the things we ruled out really early on are the tests it's- Every single week, a history test. And I was like, okay, no. We're not going to be testing every single week because I have to correct all (laughs) those tests. So no, we're not testing. Um, We talk about things. If I feel they know it, then we just continue. Right now for midterms, she asked me to see the tests because she wanted to fill them up to prepare for midterms. So I think all the tests, we're going to be taking them just as preparation for her exam. So um, yeah, it was definitely to just adapt the whole curriculum to meet our our week i love the whole having four days a week and not five days a week and if we do tests then that fifth day already is contaminated by little tests so in their head they don't have that have that freedom anymore so that's why um, i mean we do do some basic ones for example vocabulary just because that does require a certain memorization you can't really be talking about these difficult words so you know them or you don't know them Um, So, yeah, that's one of the things that I learned really early on. And other things that we have that I've made a habit of um, is is just lesson planning. Um, It was hard for me to find a time where I could lesson plan. I think it's Saturday in the morning. I found my time where I can get rid of kids for a little bit and get that done. And i think for next semester i'm going to be doing it two weeks by two weeks because everything's out there so it might just make it easier and i have then one saturday off in a way um, another habit that i've been working on is reading reading also the course work so like history just getting some head start um, but again that's not a really habit because it's all the things i like i read things i don't i don't i tend to stay far away so again the science books are really far away from my hand so um, yeah, those are good ideas. I hadn't thought of that
1: planning two weeks at a time. Sometimes I'll get on a roll and I'll mark up some course plans with some resource that I've hit upon or something in the textbook that I notice is marked along the way. I'm thinking of uh, the life science textbook. There are some notes along the way in those, in that textbook that I mark in the course plan for reference or library books I want to check out or websites or videos that I want to note for Use. For the most part, I go week to week. This is one of the things I love about talking to the public families. Everybody's finding various ways of doing things. And it's great.
0: I really like the Facebook community because um, I think all these questions I haven't posted that much, but I'm always reading. Like, I I think for five years, I gave up Facebook and lent like three years or four years ago. And I just kept on giving it up because it's, you just get used to it. And since Colby, I'm logging in every single day, maybe two times, just to see what's out there. And I get my little notifications on the group. So if there's any book that's sold or if there's anyone with a question, well, it's really interesting. I've learned so much from all these wonderful families around the globe. Yes. A
1: lot of the questions that come up, I I find myself wondering the same thing or looking down the road a bit to see everybody in their various points along the homeschool walk that inform where we're going and that we can help folks who are coming along behind us that's been great is there anything you wish you had known when you started homeschooling if you were to start over now what would you tell yourself
0: I would tell myself not to not to take things so seriously I printed all my lesson plans everything everything was just like I'd spent so much time organizing a whole year almost and um yeah things just happen learning happens it's it happens with the rain that you don't even pour so yeah um i think for the second semester semester i'm much more laid back knowing that if i failed to correct some things or i didn't i wasn't able to correct her grammar from like last week to this week it'll, it's okay i'll just find some time and yeah to give myself a break that takes off a lot of weight from my shoulders i'm sure you feel the same and of all, all homeschool moms the same and and then also to adapt expectations, to let my kids know that they don't need to know for tests. They don't need to get a good grade. They just have to love learning and um, and reading because we got all the books, like I got all the elementary books, all the, the everything, every single book that was like from kindergarten all the way through ninth, eighth grade, I think I have at home already. So at the very beginning, because we had to do every four weeks a different book and the book report, my my 11 year old, I like, didn't really want to see what other books were out there because she felt it was a requirement, and we just dropped that requirement. I mean, she does have her book that she's working on because she we do have to work on something, but I'm focusing much more on on the learning part and on the on the on the wanting to get that book, like feeling the call of the book, instead of the um, mom's yell,
1: "Did you finish your book report?" or something like that. So yeah, good reminder that there's so many options Colby makes, and so much of the Course plans are so much there and but it, they leave it to the parents to decide the best way to use those. And what you're saying about the testing, that's a good example of that. There are a number of ways to test mastery of the subject that you're that you're working on and that's the goal. And so Especially if it in works the younger grades. Yeah. And the discussion questions that are in the literature guides can be so helpful for conversation and and the writing prompts, yes. And and if you want to use a test, great.
0: There are all kinds of ways to use them though. They're so adaptable. And I always tell my sense. daughter, for example, that um, she because she she was I mean German school is one of the best schools in Spain, and it's it's hard it's known to be hard, but nothing is as hard as what she has had to learn for, in Colby. I mean the workload is just tremendous. There's just a lot of content, so much. it's, just, it's all good, it's all interesting, it all comes together, but it's hard. It, it is a lot of a lot of a lot of work. So. I always tell her, you're doing something right now, something monumental. You're working on your education, on your on the foundations for the rest of your life. And I, I let her know sometimes, especially when she gets a mark that isn't that good, that she is learning the way that great saints learned 300 years ago and 400 years ago. And it's not that little iPad um, um, app that her friends might be used to or that her peers are used to. So... That if it's hard, if it hurts, well, it's been done before, and most of the greatest scholars have been through and have 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 studied the way she's studying. So I encourage her in that way. That is, um, it is a hard program. And funny way, it's, it's it's interesting that many people, many families around us are really interested in Colby now, and I already got two families to enroll, not full time, um, but they loved the content, the Catholic families and. They're, they they want to supplement supplement um, their education their kids education with these good um, books and grammar and classical composition and everything so it's it's something that um, when people that know like education see they just want to be part of it so it's good that Kobe allows that flexibility this friend of mine is still in German school and she's taking just some courses and she'll continue that way and we can transmit and we can help as much within our community. Well, well, so, so be it.
2: It really sounds like you're building this atmosphere of, of opportunity and this invitation to enter into the education that great saints have had. Because I, when you described your daughter with the book report thing, I had that experience when I was a student of kind of seeing all the books around me and, and feeling the weight of like, oh man, am I am I expected to learn and take all of this in? And, you know, you described those 70 or 80 pound boxes. And our first year of Colby was my ninth grade year. And all of those books arrived and we spread them out on the living room floor. And we looked at them and we thought, how do we do this? <laughs> but then as we learned, and it sounds like you're way ahead of us here, um, it turned into like, these, rather than this weight of, oh, I have to read all of these books, it's much more of an invitation or entering into, okay, these are all of these resources that we can encounter. And um, this approach of being surrounded by books is the opportunity to learn rather than kind of a, oh, we have to do this type thing. It sounds like you're really establishing that with your kids from the ground up of taking advantage of the opportunities to get the books so that they're there when you're ready for them and then meeting them where they are and and being ready for where they are in the future.
0: And it's funny, my friend who is also a homeschool, a Kobe mom, when she saw the books, she said, Oh man, I wish I had bought them too because y'all have public libraries with these books. So many times you can just get them and then get the, give them back. But just the fact that they're here and we have all those Kobe books on the shelf makes the, the younger ones want to get them too. So it, right now, my first grader, we're reading all the third grader books. We've done Charlie and Chocolate Factory. We did a, well, we've did we read already like five or six books for third grade. And my kid, no, not kindergarten, She's she just turned three. Ta- she told me the other day, we're not reading Telemachus because we're reading Homer, the little book for Homer. And she remembered the word Telemachus. It's not an easy word for her. She doesn't really enjoy that book as much because it's not Pigwiggle, but she knows that Homer is uh, someone who because <laughs> so is in there somewhere in so it's just amazing to see them look at the books this is gonna be my next book you know and um and that they're 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 getting to the habit and they're not feeling oppressed or anything they're feeling invited by our bookshelves and that's why i'm really so thankful to all the resources that kobe has given us and all the nudges also. Nancy has helped me a lot. There was a book that was more advanced, so we'll just, we just kept it for a different um, shipment, and our advisors as well. So was, we haven't been alone. Like Bonnie says that I know a lot. I've been advised a lot. Um, there have been many people that have helped us, and I'm I really, really thankful to y'all for what you do and well, to the whole community, because I'm sure many of the parents who are posting constantly on Facebook have helped us a lot.
2: I always love Celeste Cuellar's remark about if you don't call the advisors, the advisors don't have a job.
0: They're very
1: reassuring when in times of doubt or uh, discouragement, they're, they've been such wonderful resources for us. And I'm glad they have been that for you as well. And that online community of families who are working their way through the Colby materials, that adds a layer of richness to it that is beneficial to us as well. And And certainly being able to Visit with you has been such a pleasure. Do you have any parting words of wisdom you want to leave with us?
0: Um, I'm not very eloquent in <laughs> parting wor- words of wisdom. Just, I really want to thank thank everyone. Um, thank you too, and all the Colby people. And well, to pray for us, we pray for all the. Oh, before starting Colby, we did the novena for the accreditation. We were just enrolled. How do you even start? We didn't even have our books. And we got that email, so we had a whole family doing the um, the novena for Colby. So, it's it's really been um, precious being part of the community. So I want to thank Colby, the staff, and just the institution because our kids are homeschooled, but they're part of something. And um, they have they have that Colby ruler and a Colby. They don't. We didn't get the Colby mug. We should get it next time. But they really feel that they are part of the school. Well, thank you so much, Carola. I'm so glad things are going so well for you this year,
1: and hope. That continued only on an upward trend. wish you all the best.
0: Thank you very much, Bonnie. Thank you so much to the whole team.
1: Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad Maiorum Dei Gloriam.